That was a good cheesy intro. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, JR? Not a whole lot, Steve. How are you on this uh, Wednesday after or Wednesday is. evening? It is Wednesday. Yes. I'm doing okay, considering. Considering? I almost went out fishing and didn't come back. <laughs> so did you figure out why you almost sank your boat? No. Don't know. It's going to be a process of elimination. You're going to have to figure that out before the next time you go out. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I was taking on tons of water. And that's not good if you try to go offshore. No. Yeah. Usually you try to go out and then you come back. When you go out and not come back, it's not good. Captain Real turning to dry boat. Exactly. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is our first time interviewing you. Let's get into J.R. Hutchinson. So what do you want to know? Let's learn about you, your past, where you come from. Um, I mean, I've got a little background knowledge, so I know you're, you're a native. I am a native to Florida. I grew up in the next county north of here, which is Hernando County. I spent my entire life there um, from the time I was about a year old, <clears throat> and I still live there. So graduated high school, went to college, um, started a career in law enforcement. I spent 25 years in law enforcement in Hernando County, retired after 25 years as the special operations commander for the sheriff's office. And uh, I took a breather and uh, then decided to go into real estate. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. Appreciate everything you've done and your law enforcement career. Um, real estate. I mean, it seems like one headache to the next headache. They're not really headaches. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> after, a headache. After 25 years in law enforcement, this is a piece of cake. Yeah. I can imagine. You deal with a lot less uh, drug addicts and people. A lot less know. violence. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, you never know. I mean, you get into some situations where, uh, you know, people taking furniture they weren't supposed to take. And then, you know, some violence could you could, you could still see yes. some violence. I can see that. Emotions run high. The end of your uh, your de-escalating violence is not over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, I've, I've got plenty of practice doing it. Yes. Yep. So uh, 25 years, law enforcement. Um, like, what kind of things from your previous job do you feel can really help you out? With your real estate career? Well, I mean, it's really honing those customer service skills over the years, um, serving the public, mm-hmm. serving people in, the t- in a time of need. It's really not that much different than real estate. Um, I get to just, it's, it's just a different capacity. It's not as intense and violent, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it now like I get to help people tra- uh, transform to the next chapter of their life. And uh, that's really what it is, whether they're buying or selling a home. Either way, it's the next chapter. They're looking to move on and better their life, and I get to be a part of that um, that whole process. Yeah, and that's really a process people do not very often in their life. You know, you buy a house two, three, maybe four times in your life. It's a big step. It's a big, you know, milestone in your life, and you get to be the person that makes that happen. Yes. It's pretty – it is 
really rewarding when you look back. Like, oh man, I got to turn my phone off. What the heck is wrong with me? Yeah, like right now, I have a uh, customers that live in Costa Rica, and they have a they had a rental here. It wasn't always a rental; it belonged to one of the ladies. And they moved to Costa Rica. I don't know, like 15, 20 years ago, they rented it out, but now they're ready to move on to another chapter. But it's difficult for them because they are in Costa Rica. So I've been here handling pretty much everything on this side for them. And so helping them navigate that has been um, pretty rewarding. Tomorrow we'll do a remote closing with a notary. And um, then next week will be the actual closing where money changes hands. Nice. So we're coming to the end of that and then trying to help them market and sell their place in Costa Rica because the whole plan here, like I said, everything's new chapters, right? Yeah. So the new chapter for them is they're, they need to sell Costa Rica so they can come back. to They're, they're United States citizens. Um, they're from this area in Florida, and they want to come back so they can be near their grandkids. Um, they're missing out a lot with their grandkids. So yeah. that's the next chapter. So I get to be a part of that. Hopefully I'm going to help them sell Costa Rica, and then when they get back to the States, then I'll help them find a house here in Florida. There's your boys right here coming in the blue. <laughs> this is the benefits of working, doing this downtown. You're definitely going to hear some sirens. Here they come. Sounds like a fire truck. It does. That's a fire truck for sure. Everybody loves a firefighter. I know. I know all those guys down there. Those are all my buddies. Um, so they're, they're going to... They're selling a house here, but then they're going to move back here mm-hmm. after they sell their other house. Why don't they just keep the house they have here? Um, well, it was built in the early 70s, and they want something newer. So Gotcha. Okay. So that was kind of like an investment home type thing. Yep. Oh, they were using it as a rental, so they had an income from it Yeah. for many, many years. And um, Now it's just a matter of let's, they want to sell that one. They can wrap that up, put a little bow on it. We're about to do that. Then we sell Costa Rica, wrap that up, put a bow on it, yep. and then end game here is to come back to Florida and we'll buy them something here. Something really nice on the water, probably like, uh, you know, out there on like Hernando Beach. Sure. You know, million plus. <laughs> I mean, that's what they need. That's what they need? Exactly, that's what they okay. need. Okay. <laughs> okay. We will definitely sell them what they need and what they want. That's what that's what we will work toward. That's the goal. Them. Yep. So, um, I see you like the outdoors a lot. I do. I grew up in the outdoors, hunting and fishing my whole life with my, uh, I grew up around it. It was really kind of a necessity or my dad saw it as a necessity. He would hunt and fish for food for the family, for my brother and my mother. Yep. And I, and I can remember over the years raising, uh, livestock at my cousin's property. Uh, we'd raise a cow take it to slaughter and put it in the freezer and we'd raise pigs, do the same thing. We'd hunt, we'd fish. I can remember many uh, evenings, my dad worked here in downtown Newport Ritchie and he would come home um, after a cold snap. So once the, once it started getting cold and the mullet would come into the river here at the, oh, yeah. the Pithlescody River, he'd come home, eat dinner, grab up. I'd have to have the snatch poles ready and a cooler, and then we'd load the truck and come back down and snatch mullet all night long, put it oh, in the yeah. freezer. So. so my grandparents, they lived on the on the river right here by the park, and um, same thing, wintertime came, got cold, and those pods of mullet would come yep. in, and you just run that trouble hook through, yep. pulling and, you know, till you get them. And 
we fill a whole cooler up. Oh yeah, we we would definitely fill cool, uh, cooler up in no time at all back then. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun to catch too. They are. It's when you snag hook one by the tail, I mean they put up a fight. They put up a fight. Or you try to bring one in sideways. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot different than fighting them from the face. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned to respect the outdoors. Um, spend a lot of time in it. I still do it. Hiking and bicycling and fishing and hunting and kayaking. So if uh, you'll notice my branding is your Adventure Coast Realtor. Yep. So I bought AdventureCoastRealtor.com. That'll be live here soon. I'm going to rebrand myself with that that uh, branding. That's awesome. That's a um, that's a, a a different kind of market than most agents lean towards. You know, most of them try to go more traditional routes. Where, I mean, some people are offended. I've actually had you know I post deer and stuff, and uh, I've had a a client or not a client, but a friend of mine that said, I'm going to have my mom contact you about selling her house. And then, um, like a couple of weeks later, he messaged me and said, I can't have my mom, you know, contact you. And I was like, what's the problem? He goes, I just, I saw you posted a deer you killed. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, we're like animal rights, animal lovers. I'm like, yeah, me too. I love animals. Sure. Especially the tasty ones. I mean, those are the best. But I said, listen, that's fine. I'm probably not the right agent for your mom. Exactly. You know, that's we're the, probably not going to get along so well. Right. So that's the point. This is uh, this is perfect. It's fine. We're not wasting each other's time. There are thousands of other agents out there, mm-hmm. and one of them will fit them just fine. And, yeah. and I, I'm okay with, you know, marketing myself as such. Yep. I would rather be around like-minded folks. I'm not a trophy hunter. I don't trophy fish. Uh, when I do it, it's for the, A, the pleasure of the outdoors, the respecting the wildlife. Mm-hmm. But it's simply to feed my family. Yep. I'm not a, I'm not a big trophy fisher, fisherman. Um like I've caught tarpon, I've caught snook, and to me, to catch a, a fish and then let it go, I don't know. Like it was fun, mm-hmm. but I don't get to eat it. That's not as fulfilling to me. Well, you're not catching it just to put it on the wall, though. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of times. So you go, you know, tarpon fishing, and catch a couple tarpon, you let them go. Mm-hmm. I mean, they taste horrible, so there's no point in keeping them, but. At a point, I, I was like, all right, I caught some tarpon. I really could care less if I go out catching tarpon. Like, I'd rather go try to catch grouper that I can stick in the freezer, mm-hmm. you know? Well, with that, you can have a fish fry on Sunday and feed your family. Exactly. Have mom and dad over, get yeah. the brothers and sisters, and get the cousins running around and have a fish fry. And it's so much better than a store. Yeah. I absolutely. go. We go all the time to different restaurants and try to – you know, I'll say, oh, I want to get the whatever fish they have. I'll, I'll try it. And, you know, the stuff I cook at the house is 100 times better. Always. Yes. And it's like, God, I just paid $30 for this fish that has no flavor. It's not even close to what right. I cook at home. Right. Yeah, you get disappointed every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's on the... Uh, on the agenda for you for real estate? Uh, continue building my brand and uh, 
serving customers, work in my sphere. Uh, most of my customers come from my sphere of influence, pretty much my longevity in my community. <clears throat> Everybody I've worked with has been somebody I went to high school with or um, somebody I went to, somebody I worked with, their parents. Like today I went to a listing appointment and a buddy that I worked with for 25 years. Um, we both retired and he uh, called and said, hey, my mom is my mom and stepfather are ready to move on to, the, to another chapter in their life. Can you come help them navigate and sell their home? So I went to that listing appointment this morning, and um, they want to downsize, so we're going to work on that. So most everything that I've done has been cut from that sphere of influence. Um, I really want to build my brand out with the outdoors uh, world and people who are like-minded with that. Yeah. And uh, buy and sell properties for those those people who enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. I think uh, it's important when you're when you're networking and you're um, trying to get clients that you have a connection. So, like the outdoors thing, if you get a client that thinks like you is outdoorsy like you, you're just gonna get along so much better. Yep. It makes things so much easier. You're compatible. Right. Yeah. And you're not gonna be <laughs> compatible with everyone. And no. it happens all the time. No. I've had a lot of clients that didn't really get along too well. But, you know, make it work. Sure. And sometimes you got to take the ones that you don't get along with and, and make it work. You know, put your differences aside. And you got a job to do. You get it done. Do the best you can. And move on. Sure. There's just not the clients that you call on. Saturday and say, hey, what are you doing? You want to go grab a beer? <laughs> right. You say, that one's over. Okay. I purposely started building the Facebook group, uh, Adventure Coast Realtor. Uh, it's okay. my name, Harold, Harold J.R. Hutchinson, Adventure Coast Realtor. So the idea is to capture people in that group that are like-minded. Yeah. And then I recently purchased advertisement for my uh, daughter's cheer team, the local high school a banner that's going to go uh, on the fence for the football field. So which, which school is that? Springstead High School in Spring. Springstead. Yep. I've never played in Springstead. We beat them. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was an interesting game. I had an interception in that game. It was. Uh, we got kind of in a riot on the on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Those rowdy Springstead players. Yeah, there were some. Uh, <laughs> they got a little rowdy. We had to get in the bus and leave. <laughs> yeah back in the day in the early days they weren't the best team but they're a pretty good team these days and uh, they dominate the field that's good i just went to uh my son's got uh he's doing he just started football uh for river ridge and um we had a parent night thing where the coach came and talked to everybody and here's what to expect and here's what you know we're doing our philosophies and goals and all this different stuff it was uh, it was cool. A lot of people. There was it was interesting to see. There was a lot of people from high school that I haven't seen in a long time, and their kids are yeah. playing with my kids now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the what's funny is I'm selling properties to friends that I went to high school with. Their kids now. <laughs> one of the, one of the uh, well, a friend of mine, Wendy, she contacted me a couple of days ago and said, "Hey, my son Marcus wants to." He's looking for he has air he has a real estate problem and he needs your help. 
So I talked with him this evening, and I'm going to help him buy a house, uh, hopefully on the coastline. So Nice. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. It's, it's cool to see uh, the people I went to high school with helping their their kids because they're not really they're not kids anymore. They're adults, but right, yeah. you know, they'll always be kids. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever foresee me not thinking of my kids as kids, right? right. No matter how old and big they get. Yeah. Another friend of mine, Don, I went to high school with. Her son helped him and his girlfriend buy a spec home through Adams. So that should be closing here. And we wrote a contract last month and it should close, I think, in the end of September. How's close. their construction? Are they moving along pretty mm-hmm. well or are they having a lot of hangups? No, they're moving yeah. along really well. Yep. That's Been cool. no no supply chain issues. They actually have quite a few specs um, in progress. They have several that are finished and ready for buyers. Wow. Are yeah. they moving them? They're or? yeah, they're moving them. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, things aren't moving too well right now. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the they sit, they're are sitting a little longer than they were six months ago. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a different game that changes consistently. The Florida Realtor stats today showed uh, new construction up 60%. So Really? Yeah. I'm sure we'll still see. Uh, I wonder if they're adjusting their prices accordingly. Not according uh the ones I've just recently sold, I've sold three spec homes with Adams and they didn't adjust their prices. Well, I'm saying like I wonder if they're adjusting them with the market. Like when they Oh, I see they, they well, come out and they say this is the sales price. It's yeah, you no, know, it, it has a little lower than it was. It has not gone three down. months ago. It no. hasn't gone down. Matter of fact, the one I wrote for Don's son, Paul, uh their price, their the house, the price of their house, it went up like eleven thousand dollars with construction costs when we wrote that contract. Wow! From the original flyer, you know, the original date when the flyer came out, that they started marketing. How long ago was that? March. Okay, so that was before things slowed way down. But we wrote the contract in July. Okay, uh, right when things That's were right when things down. started. Yeah. Slowing down. Yep. So they might have. It did creep up. Yeah. I wonder how things are going to go. I mean, it's it's a little... Uh, well, according to FloridaRealtors.org this morning, yeah, um, it's still a seller's market. I'm not seeing that. Well, but the there's still a lack of inventory for all the people that are moving in. Well, the problem is... Buying new houses. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing, uh, at least I'm seeing uh, houses... There are more on the market, and they are starting to sit longer. Yeah, for sure. You look at the price drops. There's more price drops than there are listings. Yes. You know, on average. So, like, like I'll look at a seven-day span for, the, like, the area that I look at, which is, like, Brooksville down, you know, into Clearwater and, and out. Um, and I'll look at, like, a seven-day span, and there'll be – Say six hundred new listings for the seven days, but there'll be eight hundred price reductions. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh wow, that's huge. The market's moving. It's, it's moving, <laughs> and and yeah, it's moving somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's going a direction, for sure. Um, yeah. So what's uh, how's uh family life? Family's good. Yeah. Um. I guess I didn't really touch on that. My wife, I married my high school sweetheart. We've been married for like 27, 
27 years, almost 28 years. Had three what kids. Grade in high school did you meet? 10th grade. 10th grade. Yep. <clears throat> Sophomore year. 1987. That was a long time ago. <laughs> you have to tell us that. It's all right. <laughs> I'm not a... Uh, you're not worried about I'm your no, age. I'm not worried about my age. I'm not either. My birthday is tomorrow. And happy, I'm, happy early birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's funny. We're like going back and forth because this just kind of randomly happened because Stephanie is sick, which could be my fault. But um, <laughs> um, I'm like, well, let me think about tomorrow. Maybe I can book. I can get you in tomorrow. We'll figure something out tomorrow. And my wife's like, are you, are you kidding me? I'm like. No, what do you mean? Tomorrow's your birthday. We're supposed to do dinner with the family. I'm like, oh, shit. That's right. It is my birthday. <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to do? So what are you going to do for your birthday? Uh, I guess we're just going to go to dinner. We yeah. were supposed to take the boat out, but it's leaking a bunch of water somewhere, so i got to figure that out before I take it out again. A little bit of hiccup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could take it out. I It'd be fun to sink my boat for my birthday. <laughs> It'll be a story, anyways. Yeah, it was wild today. We saw uh, three water spouts. Did you see the water spout that was on Channel Eight News? Sucked up. People were running from it everywhere on Reddington Beach. Sucked up uh, lawn chairs off the pool deck. Yeah, the air. It was crazy. It couldn't have been that one because these ones are kind of over by. I mean, they were off Newport Ritchie. Um, maybe Anclote area. Mm. Yeah, we saw three of them. I've driven through a water spout before. Twice. Wow. Yeah, I have pictures of it. I guess it wasn't as violent as the one in Reddington Shores. Uh, it wasn't. So we we were in the Keys. We, uh, My buddy put his boat in and was coming around to the dock, and we were all standing there, and we're like, holy cow, look at that, there's a water spout. So we're like, oh, everyone's jump on let's go check it out so we run out there and it was like dead calm everywhere else you know it was like there wasn't any storms or anything like that just super calm you just see this water spout coming down and you could see where it's hitting the water and it's like churning up the water it's probably six six foot seven foot deep and it was churning the mud up on the bottom mm-hmm. and you could see where it was traveling because there was mud slick behind it and uh it was weird because it would, like, come up and you would see, like, the mist and stuff from the water that it's kind of picking up. And then it would, like, kind of rain on one side or another. And it would kind of rotate around where it would, like, I guess it was, like, picking up water and dropping it in certain areas. So it kind of, like, would rain a little bit. And we were probably only 50, 60 feet from it. And, like, we tried throwing a beer can at it and see if it would suck it up and, you know, stupid stuff. And we're, it, like, didn't seem that violent. So we're, like, let's just... Let's go through it. And my buddy Larry. And so I have my dad, Uncle Phil, and Larry. The, like, I'm one of the runts on the boat. You know that that could have been a Florida man story, right? <clears throat> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, if it ended badly, we would have been on the news, and it would have been a Florida man. Florida man drives through water spout. Yeah. So but Larry, he says, uh, oh, I just put this bimini top on. It's a brand-new bimini top. And we all grab it and go, we got it. We'll hold it. <laughs> So we drive through it, and we kind of hit, like, on the edge of it. And it was nothing. I mean, it was a little windy, and you could feel the wind rushing around a little bit, but it wasn't bad. So we turn around, and it's still going. We're like, let's do it again. Let's do, let's go straight through the middle. Like, we got to hit the middle of this thing. 
So we went right through the middle of it, and uh, it wasn't that bad. I thought it would have been way worse. And then we turned around, and the thing started dissipating. I think it, I think we messed it up. We kind of screwed up its its flow. Yeah. Yeah. Tangled but then we, the when we got back, there was a guy, and he had, like, his camera set up. And he's like, oh, man, I got a... I got awesome pictures of you guys, like, right next to it. So we have the – and these ended up sending them to us. And we have pictures of us, like, you could see the boat and you see the water spout, and we're, like, right there next That's to insane. it. That's insane. Yeah, I don't think he got any of us actually going through it, but, yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty insane. I wouldn't suggest anyone no. else do that. No. That's a really horrible idea. Right. Thinking back, like, I'm like, what? Or what were we thinking? That was that could have really went bad. Only professional drivers. <laughs> yes, right. we are trained professionals. <laughs> Don't try this at home. <laughs> Florida man. Yep. I've got some Florida man stories. I could have been in the news a lot with some Florida man stuff. I'm sure, sure. you've seen way more Florida man yes. stories than anybody. More than I care to talk about. <laughs> Uh, what's your uh, what's your funniest um, police moment? Do you have one? Mm. No, I don't really think I have a funniest police moment. The weirdest one that I ever went to was uh, I had a order of transportation to pick somebody up to take them in to uh, receive mental health help. Mm-hmm. And when I showed up to pick the gentleman up, he had a safety pin in his arm. Like stuck in his arm? Yeah, but it it, it was a, it, he made the safety pin out of a car antenna. Holy crap. He took a car antenna off, folded it in half, made a clip on one end, pushed it through his arm, and clipped it like a safety pin. And he said, I cannot move, I can't remove this or I'll be violent. So we just left it in. Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, you don't want him getting violent. Absolutely not. He's already jammed that through his arm, so I'm sure he's capable of being violent. Yeah, that was one of those. Was up there with one of the odd ones. Yeah, have like naked people running down the street. Or I don't. Yeah, I don't know if funny law enforcement funny is really. I guess you guys see it from a different lens. Yeah, for like sure. if I look and I see someone running down the street naked, I'm like, that's funny. But if you see it, it's like I have to arrest that person, or I have to put them in my car, and they're gonna probably pee on my seat or they're going to freaking try to spit on me or bite me or who knows what. <clears throat> One night I was a patrol sergeant. Uh, no, I was a sergeant in charge of our street crimes. You know, it was a surveillance unit and uh dispatch dispatched a call of somebody dancing in the middle of one of the main boulevards. So my team and I were out watching a bar. We, and it was closing time we were done with the bar. So we rolled over to the intersection and, parked there was nobody present at that moment but uh we sat there for a few minutes and then sure enough a young man came out of the woods and he was dressed in women's clothing and he was dancing in the middle of the boulevard and then he would go back into the woods change into a different set of women's clothing and go back out and dance in the middle of the boulevard so this is after like 2 a.m yes is there anybody out even watching this or just, just the people leaving the bars going home yeah, <laughs> so he really doesn't have much of an audience. I mean, you could no. plan a way better time <laughs> you could, for everybody yes. to see you dance. Yes, for sure. How's he going to make any money that way? <laughs> he 
was not making money. No, <laughs> it was not. <coughs> That's funny. That's funny to me. Yeah. But so, what do you have to do? Do you intervene? Yeah. Well, we, what are you doing? Why are you dancing in the middle of the street? We want to make sure he's not intoxicated. We want to make sure that he's not a harm to himself or others. Right. Turns out that he just packed a backpack up and rode his BMX bike down there because he wanted to dress up in women's clothing and dance in the middle of the road. So we sent him home. Hmm. Yeah. That's a real thing people do, I guess. It is. That hasn't crossed my mind as something I was planning on doing. That's good. But now that you've mentioned it, you ra- raid your wife's closet. <laughs> I wouldn't fit in. Could you imagine <laughs> me in her clothes? Jeez, she's like half my size. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be disgusting. <laughs> it would be comical. <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah, and I would make zero dollars Yeah. dancing in the street. No one would pay for that. Yeah. They would probably yes. pay to for me to get out of the street. They'd be calling law enforcement to come wrap you up and take you away. Or they'd say, here's $10. Just put some clothes on. <clears throat> yeah. Your stuff's hanging out. For sure. Shorts do not fit you. <laughs> uh, so uh, hunting season's coming around. Archery's coming up. Yep, next yeah. month. What's your plans? Where are you going? Where are you doing? Chasawitska Wildlife Chasawitska. Yep, I'm going to come in from the water side. There's two entrances at the Chaz. Yep. I plan to come in from the water side and hunt hogs off the coast. Do you hunt from... Like, you can take the kayak or you... Yeah, I'm going to load the kayak up. Uh, I have a paddleboard, so I'll tow that behind. And then once I get out to the in, uh, to the entrance of the preserve, then I'll, you know, dock it and hunt. And then you going to walk around or are you going to try to hunt from the water? No, I'm going to walk around. Yeah. I've seen people, like, kayak slow, nice and easy through the, you know, down the river, especially, like, if you get, like, an incoming tide where you can go in or you go way up and then you drift your way out and just... Try to, yeah. try to well, you got to be careful guy. on the Chaz, though. It's part of its National Wildlife Refuge, and the other part of its management. So, mm. yeah, is that where the river is? Mm-hmm. So one side of the river is the north side is national, okay. and then the south part of the south side, you have to go to the the actual entrance and enter enter the management through the management area there. After you check in at the check in station on nineteen, my buddy that um he's a uh, um, he's one of the inspectors that I use all the time. Um, he's got 10 point inspections. That's like the name of his company. Oh. He's a big hunter. Yeah. And, um, he's got a big deer on his, uh, on his cards and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, he hunts Chaz a lot. Does he? Yeah. And he does really well. I think he's got probably one of the biggest bucks that's ever come out of there. State registered. It's like a, wow. Like a, I think it's like a one thirty or something. You got to really put the time in for the Chaz. Especially in these days, because they've run the biologists, they've opened it up, and um, they're managing that property, so it's full of lime rock, improved roads. So you really got to spend the time and know where you're hunting. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, you really got to. Otherwise, you're not doing much. Yeah. He kills a deer out there all the time, like pretty much every year. I think he gets at least one or two. <laughs> and he's got a little cabin, a little spot where he keeps a camper and stuff and camps out there and in the chaz um because there are some there is some private property out there yeah i don't know where he he keeps his camper and stuff it's relative it's got to be very close Mm -hmm. he lives right here in holiday Mm -hmm. so it's Mm. 
don't know. I'm like, why not just drive up there? And it's only 40 minutes from here. But I went with him. He got, um, he drew tags for, um, I guess it's a quota hunt and uh, Kroom. Yep. And that place is awesome. Mm-hmm. Kroom's good. I shot a nice eight pointer last year. He took me with him. I was his guest. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I shot an eight-pointer. Nice eight. <laughs> and they're small deer. They're not – they seem, yeah. like, body-wise, they don't seem as big. Right. Like, because I've gotten deer around here, uh, my buddy's places and stuff that I hunt, like, right around here. And the deer are a good bit bigger. I got one last year that was almost 200 pounds. Wow. It's ginormous. <laughs> not, they're not swamp bucks, then. Um, I would say it probably was a swamp bunk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had dark chocolate horns. Um, you know, they're right on like a river, uh, Anklet River. (laughs) So, you know, it's swampy. I don't know how much time they spend in that swamp. It's not like, uh, like, uh, cypress swamps, you know, where it's like just all swamp and they're finding like a little small island somewhere. Yeah, there's more upland than swampland mm-hmm. where this guy came from. But he's a big, freaking giant body. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I've got these coolers that I always put my meat in, and usually uh, an entire deer will fit in one cooler. Mm-hmm. Not even close. <laughs> I fit, fit the two front shoulders, back straps, and the neck. I kept the neck. And the two back hands weren't even, they weren't going to make it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Big deer. Yeah, that's big. You yeah. process it yourself or you have a processor yeah. here in Pasco? No, I do it all myself. Yeah, I grind it all up. I've got a whole, my dad's garage where I keep my boat. Um, I basically have like a whole processing system. I've got all the sausage stuffers and the um, meat mixers and grinders and Everything. What kind of casings do you order? Um, I like the natural, um, like sheep casings. Mm-hmm. Depends on what I'm making. If I'm making sausage, I, I I don't usually make sausage with deer. You know, I'll do the hogs, and right. I gotta get fat and everything. You know, sure. I keep you know, I gotta hound these guys at Publix and stuff, and try to get <laughs> fat to put in there because the you know the hogs are just so lean. Yeah. Um, Sausage just comes out too dry if you don't add fat. And um, that I will use, you know, casings and stuff for that kind of sausage. For the deer, I'll do, like, summer sausage and um, uh, what was the other one I do? Grind it up like hamburger. Yeah, you grind it up, and then you mix. Um, there's, a, I don't know, I, I get these mixtures from the processing company. And like the 25 pounds legs is the best seasoning, I think, for making that kind of stuff. Legs makes um, all kinds of different sausage seasonings. So I do summer sausage and um, what the heck is the other one? Summer sausage and I can't think of it. Salami. Mm. Deer salami. Really? Yeah, and then I'll put cheese in it. Like some of so my wife can't have cheese. She's dairy-free, so I do half with, you know, chunks of cheese, and then 
the other half is is plain, some with jalapenos and stuff like that. And it comes out good. And I smoke it. I got my big big ass smoker. Oh, have you seen my smoker? No, I haven't. I got a giant smoker. It's on a trailer. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do a whole pig next weekend. Yeah? For yeah. an event or Yeah, a friend of mine she's got a um uh Allie Yonke. She's a, a financial planner and she's having a big party. Actually I think uh um uh, what's his name? I don't know. I can't remember his name though. Who works with us? <laughs> um dang it, I'm having a brain fart. I did this last time with John. <laughs> anyway, so I'm smoking a whole hog, about 80, 90 pounds, doing the whole thing. So I'll start it like the day before. And Was this one you had from hunting season last year, or no, is this, this something is, you picked up? No, this is store-bought. Mm-hmm. So this is like for a client. She's going to have like 100 people. And um, we'll have, uh, I think that's going to be way more than, I mean, she's thinking it's not going to be enough. You know, to feed 100 people. I'm like, all those 100 people, not a, all of them are going to eat off of this thing, for one. Right. And, I mean, you really have, if you have a 90-pound hog, you've got probably, realistically, 35, 40 pounds of actual meat. Once you debone everything, you got a head, you got skin, you got all that stuff, so you really don't have that much meat left. But it's still a lot. You know, an average person is going to only eat probably six to eight ounces. You're going to shred it up and bar- you're going to make barbecue? Um, I think we're going to just let the people pick it off the pig. But I'm, I'm probably going to do another, like, boss and butt, just regular pulled pork for people that don't want to mess with the, the whole hog. pig. Yeah, some of them are going to get turned off on it, but some of them are going to think it's really cool. So right. It'll be fun. Well, that'll be a fun event. I've done a couple, so I did... Uh, like Ordinance 1 next door here, um, we did, what did we do, two or three of them we've done, whole hogs. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. That's fun. It's a big smoker. Yeah. I built it. Nice. Welded it all up. It was a fun little project. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll pick some hogs up off the coastline here in a few weeks. If you want to do one whole, let me know. All right. Yeah. With those, so with the wild ones, um, some people you can, like, burn the hair off or you get uh, boiling hot water water, and get the hair off. It's probably better with the skin on it, but the ones, the wild ones that I usually do whole are, um, I just skin them and put them on. Mm -hmm. But they get kind of dry on the outside. We should smoke one for the company. Yeah. At a meeting. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome for most everybody. Some of them won't like it, but whatever. (laughs) Can't make everybody happy. You can't. I mean, you get everybody pizza, and and there's going to be two or three that's like, oh, I can't eat pizza, or I'm on a diet. You know, you get everybody barbecue, and it's like, I don't eat that. I don't like barbecue. It doesn't matter what you do. Can't please everybody. You cannot please everybody. So yeah, that that'll be that'll wrap up hunting season, and uh, we'll go right into the holidays. So that'll be a busy time. Now, do you hunt all the way because th- it goes through what January, 
Yeah, well, I'm mostly m- most what I hunt is wild pig. So you can actually hunt that through small game. Oh yeah, that's right. With um, and you can even use um, like twenty-two mags and stuff. Yeah. So obviously, I'm not, I don't take more than what I need. But <clears throat> you know, once I get what we need, then well, I mean, you get I'll it. probably just go scout. I'm into photography too, so maybe make some landscape images. Yeah, I feel like you like you got to kind of take what's given to you. Mm. You yep. know, right? Like there's years where I don't kill hardly anything, and I'm scraping by. Last year I had yep. a banner year where I was like, seemed like every time I walked in the woods, like stuff was walking up to me. I couldn't go in the woods without killing something, and he just, you know, I got family and friends. I would just say, here, yeah, I got some deer steaks. You want some deer steaks? I got uh, this. I got that. Um, you know, you just kind of spread the wealth when you have it. It's funny that, uh, like, uh, most of my friends, none of them really hunt. Like, the people that I grew up with, like, my kind of close, I would say, family friends. I'm probably the only one out of all of them that hunts and really fishes. They'll fish, but they're not, they're not like I am. Or I'm like, if I don't catch fish, I'm getting mad. <laughs> they're like oh well we went fishing we threw a couple lines out and you know if i go out and i go i'm i'm targeting the species and i don't get it i'm gonna not be happy it makes me mad mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the competitive side of you yeah i guess yeah but the, these guys they'll, they'll uh i got one buddy and he's like hey man i got these pigs tearing up my yard and i'm like oh yeah that sucks I go, what do you, you want me to help you? Yeah, I need you to come over and kill him. Like, you're my kill person. If I need stuff dead, that's you're the person I call. <laughs> <laughs> and the same with, like, snakes or anything, really. They, they're like, I've got a nuisance animal. I've got something I need to get rid of. I seem to be the guy everybody calls to do that. My mother-in-law always seems to end up with nuisance things in her house, and I have to go catch it and release it somewhere. I can't tell you how many. She'll leave her sliding glass door to her pool propped open. I can't tell you how many snakes I've pulled out of her house or <laughs> relocated to the woods <laughs> across the street. Oh, man. Snakes. My wife freaking hates snakes. If you want to freak her out, just even stop mention say, hey, there's a snake over there. She'll be like, she'll jump up on something. There was one time we were scouting up in uh, North Florida, and we're walking through the woods, and at that time, the club rules was you couldn't have, you could have, like, a certain type of, you had to have a twenty-two long rifle pistol with less than, like, a five-inch barrel. Like, they wow. had these weird rules, like, yeah. in the off-season. They didn't want you carrying guns, basically. Sure. So they, but right. they let you carry, like, a little little twenty two pistol. What snake and shot in or something? Small something. Yeah, I didn't have one, so I was like, I just didn't even have a gun, but I had a pocket knife. And we're walking around, and I was walking through these palmettos, and a little short, you know, like real uh, short pine area, like they just planted these pines. And I see this snake. I'm like, holy crap! Ginormous rattlesnake. I mean, the thing's huge. I'm looking at it, going, oh my god! I, I turn around, I go. Just just watch that thing. Make sure it doesn't go anywhere. She's like, she's like frozen. Like, 
what do you mean? Make sure it doesn't go anywhere. What if it starts coming towards me? I'm like, well, then move. Like, don't, don't get near it. Don't let it come near you. Like, if it comes near you, then get out of the way. But just keep an eye on it. She's like, uh, she was freaked out. I cut a little pine tree down, cut the limbs off, smacked it in the head, and uh, we brought it back. And it was, uh, it was like six and a half foot. Mm. It was huge. good size. We tried eating it, but it tasted horrible. I was going to say, have you ever eaten a rattlesnake? <clears throat> I have, but this one was a female. Mm. And it had like a real musky mm-hmm. smell to it. And I was like, man, hopefully, like sometimes you clean something, it's like, stinks right and yeah, but then yeah. you go to eat it and it's like oh that's really good yeah i've had uh like pigs you would think you smell them things and you're like it smells like it smells horrible like how's it gonna taste any good but they do turkeys yeah wild turkeys yep. smell rancid yes oh my gosh cleaning a wild turkey man it'll it'll <laughs> <laughs> it'll gag a maggot <laughs> you need some wild turkey to uh, clean a wild turkey yeah <laughs> exactly uh, well speaking of the outdoors and branding i noticed that you have yourself branded as captain realtor mm-hmm. so how does that work uh, for you like obviously i'm looking to change my brand my branding to adventure coast realtor and that's kind of the crowd i want to appeal to so do you find that you sell more homes to people who fish or even um sell homes for people who are into fishing because they find you because of your captain realtor branding no i haven't had anybody really find me from that um i guess the whole reason i started that was um like i i like to fish so i'm i go out fishing a lot and um, you know, I like to take my clients with me. So I kind of thought I could be the guy, that the realtor that takes his clients fishing. So mm-hmm. what what how, what do I call myself? And mm-hmm. I came up with the captain realtor thing. And uh, it's kind of stuck. That's cool. Yeah. But really, it doesn't – I haven't really noticed – I you've you've I not tried to target the properties for those people. Maybe somebody who wants to live on the coastline. Well, I wouldn't say I'm not targeting them because, uh, I mean, I know probably more than most about the coastlines where you can get a certain size boat in. Mm-hmm. I know where the oyster bars are. I know where the channels are. I know where, you know, all this different stuff is. I'll, I'll tell people, like, we have agents all the time calling me. And they're like, hey, um, I got a guy who wants to buy this house, and he's got this size boat. I'm like, no, that ain't going to work. You're never going to get that boat in in and out of there. Or, you know, it's going to have a tough time, or, you know, it'll work. Um, So, I don't know. So, you have kind of become the industry expert for this area with that then. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would call myself an expert in knowing the coastal area. And if you were to if you're wanting to buy a house and you have a boat, I would be a good person to talk to to mm-hmm. tell you if it's a good idea for you to buy that house or not. Because there's times where you have a boat that's not gonna you're not gonna be able to get in your backyard. I've seen people where they're like, oh, yeah, no, I got this big bayou. It's on this big bayou. I'm like, 
yeah, but there's a little tiny creek to get out of there. And yeah. you need to have, like, if you need to be running in less than 12 inches of water. Right. Or else you have to come in an extreme high tide every time and go out. So Extreme high tide. Yeah. <laughs> extreme high tide. Yeah. It's limiting. Yeah. You're not getting your 28-foot uh, no. boat back in there. Well, maybe if they're in love with that location and they're able to, you're able to, you know, give them that expert advice, then maybe they change the boat that they're yeah. working off of. Yeah, or they have a reasonable expectation when they do buy the house. Right. And they can say, oh, well, okay, well, we don't really need this boat. We kind of wanted to downsize anyway, or, you know, they can make the decision, see what works for them. So it has. So the branding has kind of worked for you then. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I've been making a lot more money doing it. I feel like um, I'm a a resource, and you know, it gets my name out there. So I mean, there's just so I will get clients that aren't necessarily fishermen or want to be on the water, but they know me because they've seen my name or that you know they've heard of me and that's mm-hmm. how i get them and it could be from the captain Riller thing you know so ultimately just because they're not buying on the water they not really have nothing to do with uh, fishing or anything doesn't necessarily mean the branding's not working do you have a specific boat ramp you come in and out of and do you have a specific bait house that you use are you um, catching your own bait i do um Primarily, I put in by the Hooters boat ramp there, the Port Richie boat okay. ramp. Right. That's the one I mainly go in and out of. Um, bait, like, so Caleb, mm-hmm. Mike's son, works at the bait house over, or at the fishing shop over there in Holiday. Um, so I'll get him to order me up some bait. Uh, I like to buy the big flats, the 25-pound flats of it, rather than buying little 5-pound boxes. i got to buy, you know, three or four of them every time I go out. Um, so typically I do that, um, but I do catch bait. You know, I'll put my pinfish traps out, or like today we were out, we were sabikiing up um, blue runners and some thread fins and stuff. So I like fishing live bait better than lures, which is weird because growing up I always just mm-hmm. used lures. Because it was hard to get bait. Yeah. You know, so, and then my, uh, one of my buddies had, uh, or one of my dad's real good friends owned a bait company. He made lures, Cody Jigs. And um, that's like all we used. So we'd go to the shop and he'd give us freaking baskets of, oh, what colors you want? Oh, here's 500 of these. Here's a, you know, gallon Ziploc bag full of jig heads and mm-hmm. different stuff. Oh, here's some prototypes we're working on. See how they work. And I kind of, as a kid, I would go over their shop, and they would, uh, they would give me like, oh, here's a, here's a new lure that we're working on. This is a new type of spoon that we just came out with. See, you know, go test it out. So I'm out there testing it out. I'll come back and go. That thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but doesn't it rattle a certain way? I'm like, no. The thing spins and it twists your line up. It's a freaking piece of crap. <laughs> Uh, they had a couple though. I was like, "Oh, this is really good, man. This thing's uh, 
yeah, we're great. It comes to the weed good, like, you know. So. <laughs> Did you grow up doing bass fishing around here? Yeah, I fished pretty much every pond or around here. I've been kicked off all the golf courses. Been kicked off of Orange Lake over here? <laughs> yeah, I've been run off by the cops. <laughs> when I was a kid, yeah, me and my buddy Bryce. pulling hand. Yeah, me and my buddy Bryce one time we snuck in. So, like, right now, I don't think they really give a crap too much if you fish at it. But, man, when I was a kid, you weren't allowed to fish in there. Mm-hmm. And we would sneak in, and we'd be hiding behind a tree and throwing out. I mean, we caught some big fish, too. There was, I, was, I was surprised. We caught a couple of five, six-pound bass out of there. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't fished. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. That little yeah. little pond's deep. It's interesting that the sand wedge was invented right there. Really? Yep, for golf. <laughs> the guy that invented the sand wedge, that's where he uh, invented it. I did not know that. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Yeah. So your dad worked downtown here. So did you spend a lot of time down here as a kid? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially if you had to work on the weekends. Yeah. He'd come down on a Saturday morning and I'd fish on the Cody River while he was working half a day at his engineering job. Or I'd go feed the ducks over on the, over on, is it Orange Lake or Orange Pond? I think it's Orange Pond, isn't it? I think they call it Orange Lake, but it's 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 really a pond. Yeah, it's really a pond. Yeah. That's actually like a sinkhole. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a sinkhole. Like, pretty sure it's a sinkhole. Did you ever go to the uh, drugstore next door? Yep. Did. My grandpa's drugstore. Yeah. yeah, you were saying that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the soda machine and it's funny we probably crossed paths and didn't even know it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my grandfather lived over on Delaware Avenue when I was a kid, so not far from here. Okay. And uh, I spent many a Saturdays with them. I can remember trick or treating downtown Newport Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time down here, downtown Newport Richie. They did that. Uh, I wish they would get back into it, but the city had, um, for until COVID, they had they would shut down all the roads and do um, like a whole trick-or-treating thing, and all the businesses would open their doors up and have candy, and like they were the basically the houses, and the kids would just come. And, uh, but they had the whole road closed down, and they had events and different things going on. It was really cool. There was tons of people. It was awesome. We need to get back to that. Yes. It is, um, it's cool how Newport Ritchie has revitalized its downtown, though. Yeah. Um, it's really becoming. It really went downhill be. for a little while. And um, I would say in the past six years or so, it's really picked back up. Yeah, they've done a good job with it. Yeah. Some cool, you know, some people thinking outside the box with the different restaurants and different things and. You know, it's weird. I think it got into like a rut where it was like, um, we want the same owners, the same people, the same. We don't want anything changing. Right. You know, and then it just got behind the times and fall into the wayside. But now, now that the, the, since they've, you know, we'll, for lack of a better term, you will use the term revitalized downtown Newport Ritchie. You must have seen the, Housing prices in the city come oh, up. Skyrocket. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. You used to be able to buy these houses, uh, I mean, two blocks from here for 50 grand. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't touch anything for under almost 300 anywhere close to here. And the uh, stuff along the river is oh, it's, uh, it's crazy. untouchable. Yeah. I mean, I had an opportunity when I was uh, probably like 22 or so. Um, a house on the river. It was like a four-bedroom, nice house, way more than I needed. I wasn't married or anything at the time, so um, I was just like, man, this is just too much for me. And it was like $200,000. I was like, I can't afford $200,000. My house right now is probably worth $900,000, maybe even a million. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Same thing with Gulf Harbors and uh, Sea Forest. Like, I looked at lots and stuff in there. I was like, oh, if nothing else, I'll just buy a lot, and then when I'm ready to build a house, I'll just I'll just build on the lot. And the lots were like eleven thousand dollars, and my dad's like, eleven thousand dollars for a lot? There's nothing on it. Are you out of your mind? Why would you pay eleven thousand dollars for one single lot? Because it's on the water, and it'll be worth it someday. And he's like, I paid twenty two thousand dollars for my first house. It was an entire house. You're going to pay $11,000 for a vacant piece of lot of land. I was like, it kind of makes sense to me right now, but you're talking me out of it. So I didn't buy it. <laughs> Same lot, probably like $200,000 right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't listen to my dad anymore. <laughs> Actually, I do listen to him. Still. Yeah, he's a smart man. I know. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, Dad, I got to get on them. There we had a uh, – this is a good one. So we were on our way to the Keys, and his trailer broke, like the leaf spring. Um, there was like a – it just kind of came apart, and they're on the side of the road. We were coming up behind him, and we get there, and he's like, I don't know couldn't figure out like what to do or how to fix it. And I'm looking at it going, okay, I think we need to jack this thing up a little bit and stick a, a bolt through the middle of this leaf spring and bolt it to the other part that was there or whatever. And he was just like, no, 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 we got to do this and do that. I'm like, I'm telling you, this will work. It'll fix it. And it, he's just like, you're wasting your time. Stop doing that. And I'm like, Dad, I just had, I, I yelled at him. And I'm like, Dad, you need to stop. Just stop. I got this. I'm going to fix it. You're going to sit there, and you're going to watch me fix it. And then when it's fixed, you're going to drive off, and then it's going to be fine. And he's just like, fine, fine. Just do whatever. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just, what do I know? And I'm like, okay. Just shut up. Stop. I will fix it. So I get it all done. I, I put the bolt in there, get it all tightened up and everything. And he starts looking at it, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I see. That. Yeah, that will work. That's going to that's gonna fix it. I'm like, I fucking told you this, okay? And you didn't listen to me, and you're yelling at me, and it's freaking 800 degrees on the side of the road, and we're in the middle of the damn swamp. We were in, like, a side of Alligator Alley, like, yeah. on the on – the, we were on the alley, and it was hot as shit, middle of the day, in the middle of August. I was like, 
I don't have time to be arguing with you right now. I'm just going to fix this shit, and you're going to get out of my way. You're going to let me do it, and then we're going to move on. <laughs> what size boat was he pulling? Oh, that was his old tower boat. It was a 20-foot. Oh, man, he bought that thing off of a, a guy that lived on the river over here, and it had a trees growing out of it. Really? It was like a 65 um, Thunderbird tri-haul boat. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fix this thing up. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> he fixed it up. He put a tower on it. It was before people had towers. He built it basically just for lobster in the Keys. Hmm. And uh, it was a cool boat. We had that thing for freaking ever. I think we uh, we probably had that thing for close to 30 years. Hmm. Neat. And yeah, I've got a little modified, little 12-foot modified V-hole aluminum boat at the house that is a project. i got to fix the trailer and uh, scrape the paint off and repaint the boat, <clears throat> rebuild the transom on it. Oh, bad transom. Yeah, needs another piece of plywood. Hmm. Easy fix. Yeah, for that size, yeah. I mean, you're not putting a huge, what are you putting, a 20 horse on it or something? No, probably not even that. Probably 15, like a little 9.9 or something. Yeah. yeah, it's just a 12-foot. I mean, for, it's not a John boat, but it's like that kind of, that style boat right. from the 60s. It's actually an old Navy boat. <clears throat> my my neighbor, a couple doors down from me, uh, he was in the Navy, career Navy man, and he bought that because it was damaged in the boatyard. And uh, he fixed it and used to fish, in, fish on lakes with it. And it just sat, and it was just sitting in a vacant lot that he owned across the street from his house, and asked him what he was doing with it. So if you want to sell it, let me know. And he said, you know what? Just take it. It's yours. Huh. So I I pulled it home and it's in my backyard. I got to get that project going on it. That's fun. Maybe a good river runner. Yeah, for sure. Get the kids helping out. Yeah. Help uh, I don't know. Strip it down and do yeah, it. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. My youngest is 15. She's the cheer. She doesn't really care too much about fishing yeah uh, my 20 year old she's off on an adventure somewhere half the time whether it's the vert she came home but in the spring said i'm going to the virgin islands next week but then she came back from the virgin islands uh, was home for two months and then said i'm going on a road trip across america my wife and i are like what you're doing you're gonna do what <laughs> yep Did she win powerball or no she oh. she uh she works Saves saves her money, works as many shifts as she can, saves her money, and then she figures out how to travel for a little bit of nothing. You know, it's crazy. So I got a buddy. I should. She's totally, uh, eh. I mean, is she pretty responsible? Very, yeah. So my buddy, um, he has a whole system of credit cards, the way he uses his credit cards. And he uses different ones for different things and all this different stuff. Every year, every summer, so they're teachers, uh, him and his wife. And every summer, they go away on some freaking crazy extravagant trip, and they don't pay for hardly anything. All the oh, using points, using all the points cards. and everything from all the different cards. He's got a whole system. He's got like, because you get here's a, the eleven cards you need to get, and you get this one, this one, this one. You spend, you buy your groceries with this one. You pay it off at this point, and then you buy gas with this one, or you buy different things. Like, he has different, a whole system of how we um, 
uses these cards to benefit the points to get all the points. So he can travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they do a big, huge trip every year. And he says he doesn't pay anything. She likes to travel so much that she's getting her pilot's license. Well, that's cool. That's what she. That's what she. I had a talk with her today. What are you doing? Because you didn't sign up for college this semester. She said, "I'm going to be a pilot." I said, "Okay, what are you doing? You didn't sign up for college this semester." <laughs> she said, "I'm going to be a pilot, Dad." And then, as soon as I get my private pilot's license, then I'll go back to school. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, she's got the travel bug. That's a cool thing, though. Like, if. So, if you get your pilot's license, that's a free, like, my my uh, cousin, he works for Delta, and, I mean, he goes all over the world. Right. You know, that's what him and his wife, they like to travel and do stuff. He's got the perfect job. He hops on a plane, gone, see ya. He'll be in, you know. London one day, and the next thing I know, I'm like, you're in Alaska now, and then you're over here and there. It's wild. He's been all over the world. He had some really crazy stories when he um, he worked for uh, Atlas Air, which is like a cargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they run cargo stuff. So he would fly to his hub was in Alaska. So he would pick up whatever plane here, get to – they'd fly him to Alaska to – get on his plane to fly his plane over wherever they're going. Sometimes they're going to China or going wherever, Africa. Um, but they'll, the company would lease the plane to other corporations. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, you know, you're an Atlas plane. But then they'd slap stickers on it and say, well, you're, you know, whatever name. They, they slap on it, and then you're carrying cargo for that company and landing it somewhere. They're offloading it. You fly the plane back. They peel the stickers back off. Well, he landed in Africa somewhere, and I guess the company that was leasing the plane owed the government their money, or the government where he landed. He owed That company owed them money. So they seized the plane, and they... They ground guns yeah. and everything. They took guns, they came <coughs> on the plane, hauled them off, tied them up, stuck them in a cell, and they said he sat there for I don't know how many hours. But all of a sudden, these guys came in. Like, you've got these, like, Somalis or whatever, like with AKs that are rusted up and mm-hmm. pieces of crap, you know. And, um, and then you got, like, guys coming in with, suppressors and lasers and they're look like navy seals saying opening the door said let's go we're leaving okay june cut the cuffs off they go uh jump on another plane they look on the way out he's like these people are tied up in the corner and they jump on a plane and, and, and go hmm. i guess like atlas has like their own people to get people out of out of stuff like that wow. wild yeah, so who knows where she'll end up. Yeah. I mean, Atlas might be hiring. That sounds like a fun gig. <laughs> probably <laughs> worry, another, it'll probably worry her mother to death. So he had another one where he landed somewhere, and this was in Africa too. He landed in one, you know, one area, and then they were supposed to travel 
to another plane, which is like the next two cities over or something. It was like a six-hour ride through the through Africa, you know. And I guess on the way there, they got intercepted, and there's a big argument, and these people are pointing guns at each other, and the battery just start shooting each other. And he's just like, oh, my God. I'm freaking sitting in the back of this truck trying to get to my next plane that I'm supposed to fly, and they're getting ready to have a start a war. There's like 20 people on one side and 20 on the other, and they're all pointing guns and screaming at each other. Wild. Sounds like an adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Until you end up on the news. Yeah. Yeah. Two missing pilots. Uh, well, yeah. So this, I don't see either of those two helping me rebuild the boat. No, I've been out. The, I've been uh, out planting food in my backyard, doing uh, fruit fruit trees right now. So there's nobody helping me with that. They're all off yeah. doing their own thing. It's okay. Maybe you put wings on that John boat, <clears throat> right? Make it put a little prop on there and stuff. Little puddle, puddle hump, puddle jumper. That'd be cool. What kind of, uh, so just doing fruit, or are you doing vegetables and everything, too? Everything, yeah. I just started uh, establishing my f- fruit trees. I'm not done yet. Um, I planted a passion fruit vine, scavenged a gate off of my neighbor that was in his backyard he wasn't using, so I put that to grow the vine on. And then I uh, planted a mulberry tree, two fig trees, a banana tree, an avocado tree, have one blackberry bush i need to get some more blackberry bushes but um that's just what i've established so far and i've got some uh, I'm, uh cultivating some seminal pumpkin getting them ready to plant on a uh they're a vine so i'm getting them ready to plant on a um trellis as well so all your plants are still alive oh yeah well most of them are still alive. Okay. I've got three Everglades Everglades tomato plants. One of those died, didn't survive the transplant. I've done some gardens and I can kill some plants. Yep. I am not good with gardening. I'm learning. I'm horrible. I hope to fill up my backyard and turn it into a food forest so that it's permaculture, so that it's per you know yeah comes and goes. There's something new. Each season, each growing season, and you can go through and kind of pick what you want. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, some of it I've got to put in containers. Like I tried to, I started, uh, I tried to start pineapples, and my dog pulled them up and decided she was going to tear them up. It takes so long to grow. So yeah, it takes a few, like three years to fruit. Well, yeah. the avocado tree, I guess, takes like seven years to fruit. Wow. Yeah, we've got a pineapple that we planted. It's been more than three years been it's alive mm-hmm. it's been growing but no fruit on no it. fruit mm-hmm. yeah. maybe it's not a pineapple i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, it's an experiment are you, you know are you canning this stuff too do you do that i'm not there yet yeah i'm still i don't know i'm still trying to f- i'm reading books trying to figure out what i'm doing what i want to plant what will i eat so you read books, you don't do, do the YouTube thing? I do that too, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Everyone YouTubes now. There's like a, the books are kind there's of a YouTuber, obsolete. David the Good, and he 
has a, he has some books out on Florida gardens. I bought his books. Oh, cool. Um, and then uh, I, I took some of my Everglades tomatoes and pulled the seeds out of them and dried them, and I'm about to plant them and see if I can get, you know, grow some seedlings. Huh. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Just, Just trying, to, them. trying to figure it all out. Well, that's good. When everybody, uh, when there's no food at the store, everyone's going to be like, come, come get in line. And you can pick some. You're my best friend. Remember <laughs> me? Pick some sweet Remember potatoes. Remember you sold me my house. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be kind of neat if I can get to the point where I teach myself how to grow the food and then I put that little boat together and I go shoot mullet with it or mm-hmm. you know go out on the flats and catch redfish and uh, trout maybe go kill a hog put a hog in the freezer My uh, I have a buddy who has five acres up in citrus and he started to do meat chickens so he ordered enough so that I can buy some meat chickens off of him, you know. Yeah. Just not that I'm not that I'm a prepper or anything. I'm just you know how can I be, how can I learn how to be more self resilient? Well, you're not relying on going right. to the store. Self reliant is the word, the phrase I was looking for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's good to not have to rely on going to the store. You can go get it yourself. Yep. I mean, you know where it came from. Right. You know what's in it. Yep. That's a big thing because, I mean, the fruit and vegetables and stuff you eat at the store now, who knows what kind of stuff sprayed on those things. Well, what'll be? I'm on a third of an acre, so it's not a big piece of land, but it'll be interesting to see how much food I can actually pack on a third of an acre. Right. And some of these people, and you mentioned YouTube, they've got food forests, and they'll have it on plots like a third of an acre, and they've got more food than they can handle. You know the guy? There's a guy down here. I forget his name. In downtown Newport Ritchie. He's got... He and his mother have a house next door to each other, and he grows food all in the front yard and backyard of it. Are you familiar with that? I think I've seen a... Um, is it further... It's over here by the police department. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. On the, the old police department. Oh, no, this no, police north department. North of the north, new one. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's like a garden thing that they're doing over by the, you know, where the old police department was over on Grand by the bridge. No. Like you go, you take Grand right here, yep. go south. I know what you're talking and about. And there was an old, the old Newport Ritchie police department was there, and then a jail cell there. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid for a like junior deputy thing, <laughs> it wasn't that interesting of a story. But they have a whole garden thing next to that that they. Like I think it's like a community garden thing where they, mm-hmm. um, oh okay, yeah. They, no, this guy, so. this gentleman, he grows in his, and he had basic. Well, I don't know if you really call what he has a food forest. He grows in rows, and then he sells it. There's some sort of market here in downtown yeah, Newport. Every uh, Saturday, <clears throat> so he sells his produce. Supposedly, he makes a six figure income off of the produce that he grows out of the yards here in downtown yeah, downtown what? Newport. Ritchie, yeah. What? He's, he lives in Maine half the year and here in Newport Ritchie the other half. And makes six figures. Yep. Crazy, huh? He's a, he works his butt off. Oh, sure. You'd have to. Yeah. I found him through, just through searching YouTube. There's a gentleman here so in Pasco. This guy is on YouTube. It's in Newport Ritchie. Yeah, well, so the YouTube channel is, there's a gentleman that has a business where he you can hire him to plant a food forest in your yard, and he'll design it and plant it for you. His name is 
His name's Pete, and uh, I think it's called Green Dreams. And so this gentleman here in Newport Ritchie, he's had him on Pete with Green Dreams, has a YouTube channel. And so he's had this gentleman who lives in Newport Ritchie on his YouTube channel. That's how I know about it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty insane. That's wild. Huh. So anyways, I'm dabbling in it. Yeah. We'll see what comes of it. It's a fun little project. But I, that's how I grew up. My my parents always had a garden. My dad, we hunted and fished for food, so we kind of, he was self-reliant in that way. It's weird. My dad, he fished, but he never hunted. I guess he hunted birds or something when he was, like, really young. But it was never really into hunting. I don't know where I got it from, but hmm. from the time I was could see and walk, I was, like, wanting to catch and kill everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be up at, uh, I was, like, six years old, uh, I'd get up at the crack of dawn and go walk down the street to an empty field and try to shoot doves off a power line with a bow I made in the backyard. Uh, but I would see a deer, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want that. <laughs> and my dad's like, what is, where, I don't know, where do you get that from? Uh, like, Dad, look at all that. That's like, we could eat that. Never got into it. I tried to get him to go, uh, like, sit in the stand. I'm like, you don't have to even kill anything. Just go sit in the stand. Go, w- I mean, watch all the cool stuff that walks by and birds. It's and really all you, kinds of stuff. You sit in a tree stand. It's really cool to see. You can kind of watch the world wake up in the morning, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And the sun comes up and lights up the trees, and you can hear everything awaken. Mm-hmm. Um, the birds start chirping, and the squirrels start running through the trees and chasing each other, and and you'll see the deer come through and feed. There's that weird silence. It's like 30, yep. 30 minutes before it gets light. It's like just an eerie kind of like calm, just no sound. Right. Like it's so quiet. You can hear the dew dripping off the trees. Yeah. Yep. But then, then once they come out and feed and the tr- squirrels are done chasing each other around, the birds are done, then everything goes quiet again. Mm-hmm. Then it'll pick back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It comes in waves. Yep. It's really neat. Yeah, nature's cool. Um, your photography stuff. I was looking at the face on that dragonfly. I was like, that's so wild. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. What kind of lens or what are you doing with that? How are you getting a picture like that? Yeah, I recently stumbled across. Um, so I, I used to have, uh, I used to shoot Canon gear. And I had a macro lens, and I didn't do much with it. I used it for a couple of projects I was working on. There was a time I had a side business where I would shoot weddings and senior portraits and things like that um, to make some side money when I was working in law enforcement. And um, I kind of got out of that. I sold all of my Canon gear, and I bought Fuji. And um, I stumbled across – it was a – Facebook group for Fuji shooters <coughs> and uh, somebody was shooting <clears throat> insects, cool. not shooting like shooting with a camera, making pictures of insects. Here we're, we're kind of transferring from right. uh, shooting animals to kill them to shooting them with, with a uh, camera. But um, um, so <coughs> he's using a macro lens to shoot, make pictures of insects. And I just was amazed by it. I'm more into abstract photography, and um, I really wanted to shoot or make pictures of the abstracts 
um, of leaves and flowers and things like that. So I bought the I bought this Lawa. It's a Chinese lens, a Lawa sixty five millimeter f two point eight macro lens. It was four hundred and I I bought some filters with it, so it was about four hundred fifty <coughs> about four hundred and fifty dollars for all together. And I just started dabbling in macro photography. I enjoy the documentary style photography and telling stories with a camera, uh, making portraits, that kind of thing. But since I started planting these uh, this quote-unquote food force that I'm working on, I thought it might be kind of cool to document and from a macro perspective um, what's going on inside the forest. Yeah. And uh, that dra- what I'm finding <clears throat> is I actually had a pretty deep conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday about this, but the, the world opens up. Like we walk past all of these um, insects on a regular basis, and they got these little hangouts (coughs) where it's the same insects hanging out in the same area, like that dragonfly. I can go to the same silverthorn bush in my yard, and that dragonfly is hanging out on that same bush. And So I started making photos of him, and uh, he'd fly off and come back and land, and then I'd just make a few more until I got what I wanted. But it was insane to see the detail with the macro lens of the dragonfly uh, oh, yeah. I was really, I'd never really seen one up close like that. Yeah. And like, again, like, I don't think that's going to be my, uh, my macro world photography is not going to be about insects. <clears throat> There's a whole plethora of people out there that do that. I'm more into the abstractness of, uh, the, the plants. Right. And, uh, up close with the leaves, watching the light either filter through the leaves or off the leaves that maybe like the dew in the morning, that kind of thing. So that's probably where I see my, my macro photography going with my food forest. But yeah, it's insane. The, uh, the detail with, um, with the insects. Yeah. Hmm. Even the leaves too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a baby. I don't know if you saw the (coughs) baby lizard that I, made a photo of, but he's hanging out. He, I saw him uh, this evening before dinner. I was out uh, checking out the plants, and he had shifted from the mulberry bush to my passion fruit vine. So, yeah, it's kind of neat. Well, how long have we been doing this? I think we've been doing this for a while. I don't know. What do you think? Going to wrap it up? Yeah. We've been here for over an hour. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, this was fun. <laughs> Good time. A couple of hometown boys yeah. still in our uh, still in our neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Serving the public in a different way these days. Yeah, it's uh, not often you find real um, natives. Yeah. Usually when I do, I get along with them pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks for wrapping up. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem. And uh, maybe we'll end up on a fishing trip together someday. Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll see you.